What's up, brothers? Welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, I am recording this on Memorial Day, so it's a Monday. And just want to say, first of all, thankful for all of the men and the women who sacrifice to give us freedoms and um, to keep our country free, like recording this podcast, um, you know, allowing you to find these things on um, iTunes and uh, or wherever you listen to your podcast and listen in is uh, is a great, great benefit that we have in this country and every other free country around the world. So we shouldn't take that for granted. So I'm thankful, um, thankful, definitely thankful for all the service people and all those who have sacrificed their lives. Later today, I get to go to the gym with some friends and be a big group of us doing a Murph workout, which is in honor of Lieutenant Michael Murphy, who, if you haven't read the book, uh, the book is called Lone Survivor. Movie is also called Lone Survivor, but the book was very, very good. And it's just gave you uh, some insight as to what these people that serve our country, what they go through for our freedom. So um, thankful for them. But that's not what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk to you about something that I have uh, been thinking about a lot lately as I have been diving deeper into the Psalms, just slowly going through the Psalms one by one and um, reading some uh, Spurgeon along with it because he has an entire commentary called the Treasury of David based on the Psalms. And uh, so it's really got me thinking, like really, really got me thinking about prayer and <clears throat> Something that uh, I noticed in my own life, and probably you will notice in your life if you struggle with pornography and masturbation, is that when you are struggling with these things, your prayer life is not really great. Like, it's just not. Like, if you were to be super objective and say, what is the consistency and what is the passion and what is the... Um, dedication that I have to prayer, uh, I think you would find that it's probably not what you imagine it to be, right? So it's easy for us to tell ourselves stories and to say, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm praying all the time. I'm having regular conversations with God. And those are good. Like having regular conversations with God is good. I think that's the, those are, this is kind of part of what it means to pray without ceasing, right? Uh, so when we have thoughts, we talk to God about them. When we have, when we do things, we talk to God about them, but this does not, this is not a substitute for concentrated time in prayer. And so, and listen, this is something that I have been, I've been praying about specifically for the past two or three years. Like if you were to go back in my journal, um, just writing to God, just telling him, like confessing my sin of prayerlessness and how much I need to pray more. And, um, you know, I'm naturally drawn to do other things other than pray because prayer is really difficult work. And uh, so slowing down and going through the Psalms, which are a bunch of prayers and worship songs has been incredibly beneficial. So I want to pass some of these revelations on to you, what, what I call revelation. So, right. So God is speaking through his word, that's revelation. And then what is our response to that? And so not like revelations from me, revelations from God's word. 
um, something that you can take and potentially use? Because I think every man desires tactical approaches to things like we, we really want to know the tactics. Like, how do you do this? We're, we are definitely fix it type of people. Like I want to fix this problem. Show me exactly what I need to do. So I'm going to give you these five, what I'm going to call five D's of prayer. I didn't really know what else to call them. Um, but I think we see them in scripture. And I think uh, for me, this is what's happened over the past several months that's uh, been very, very valuable and rewarding for my spiritual life. And so I want you to also be rewarded. So I'm going to focus in on uh, Psalm 5, and I'll come back. I'm going to come back to this Psalm because there's something else I want to talk to you about, but this is not it. Uh, but here we go. This is it. Verse. One, I'm just going to do three verses. Verse 1, give ear to my words, O Lord. O Lord, consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. So when I read this, like I just copied and pasted three these three verses in my iPad. And I just looked at them. I read these verses over and over and over. And I thought about them and I thought about them. I wrote down, I journaled some things about them. And then I started to, um, to read, like read what other people said about them. But this is really what I came away with that I, that I want to pass on to you because then it was, it was not only that, but I was also in church later that week. And, um, like my pastor started sharing about prayer and, and I'm trying to, I'm, I, I can't remember exactly where he was in scripture. It wasn't here, but it, it really activated a thought in my, in my heart that like, I think he, I think he mentioned the word duty. And I was like, he was talking about prayer and it was like that triggered in me, man, prayer is our duty. Like we have been called to pray. So let me walk you through these real quickly. And I'm going to tell you why they're important number. So these are the, and they're progressively like these progress. So first, number one, you must see prayer as your duty, right? And this is the understanding that prayer comes from my identity, who I am. Like when I was growing up, I was a Sutton, like I was a son of Dr. Frank Sutton. And there were certain expectations of our family. And one of these was that every time we sat down to eat as a family, we prayed. And this came from who my dad believed himself to be, which is a son, a child of God. And God calls us to pray. And so every one of us needs to realize that Prayer is a duty of ours, and, it's, and, it, and it is birthed out of my identity. If I am a child of God, then I will pray. And I'm not talking about shotgun prayers, like all over the place, because that's the, that is the typical prayer life. It's careless. It's shotgun approach. It's half-hearted. It's short like, trust me, I'm all those things that I'm naming, I'm naming like of my prayer life. Like, I know it's true of me, 
And so this is, these are some of the realizations that I've been coming uh, to over the past several months as I've been thinking and writing and journaling about this. It's just, man, it's my duty. So first, I see it as my duty. Like, this is all about identity. Okay, so now that we've established that, like, God calls us to pray. Next, the next, number two, becomes desire. And this has always been the big rub. Like, what if I don't desire to pray? And I remember David Platt, um, he, he has several lessons or, or sermons on prayer and or where he talks about prayer. And one of the things he says, when you don't desire to pray, pray. Like, pray for desire, right? So once I understand that it's my duty, then comes my part and that is a birth of a desire. Like I must desire to pray. And this is where things get spicy because the truth is like in my flesh, I don't desire to pray. It's hard work and it's crucifying the flesh. And so what do I do? Well, I pray for increased desire. So if I could encourage you to do anything, something that I've done over the past, um, or in the past is prayed for an increased desire to pray. So if my prayers are short and they're scattered or whatever, I'm going to write down on a piece of paper. I'm going to like, like, Lord, increase my desire to pray. Like I know that weak desires produce weak results. And if I have a weak desire to pray, then I'm going to have a weak result in prayer. And if I have a weak result in prayer, then I'm going to have a weak result in power. Okay. Like power in your life to overcome sin does not come without prayer. And so I'm going to call out to God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, put his promises back to him. And I'm going to say, God, give me a desire based on your steadfast love for me. God, you've told me in your word that you have steadfast love and that you desire to commune with me. And so God, I need a desire to do that. Lord, birth in me a desire to love you more and to want to spend more time with you in quiet, contemplative, concentrated prayer. Like I need this, like I need this every single day and I need to be reminded of it. And I need to pray for more desire, like more desire. So it goes from duty, number one, to number two, desire, to number three, discipline, right? So when I see prayer as the necessity of God's call in my life, then I need to give myself over. I must give myself over to the discipline of incorporating it into the rhythm of my everyday life. You will not, like this will not be a part of who you are if you aren't disciplined to make it a part of, your, of the rhythm of your everyday life. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, one hour in the morning is worth two in the evening. And he was specifically talking about prayer and talking about morning devotions. So my number one advice to brothers struggling with porn and masturbation or not struggling with porn and masturbation is make your morning count. And the way your morning counts is to offer it first to God before you offer it to work, before you offer it to work out, 
before you offer it to your family? Like, I cannot afford to set prayer aside for a time when it's convenient for me. It will not happen. There is no convenient time. And at the end of the day, guess what happens? Your willpower is so weak, you will not pray. Even though we should, even though we should, even though we should close out our day. Spurgeon also said, like, prayer is the key in the morning and a lock in the evening. And so I think he, I don't know if he wrote the book or if somebody just compiled the book, but he has morning and evening devotions. And you can look that up and download it on your iPad or, or Kindle or whatever and, and read it or buy it and read it. But they're great devotions, one for the morning, one for the evening. But discipline, like, it must be my top priority to spend time reading and responding to God every day, no days off. Don't care if you're on vacation. Don't care if you're um, like have early work schedule. Don't care if it's the weekend. Doesn't matter. I don't care if it's Sunday. Like every single day, you have the opportunity. And so what, what moves you to this discipline? It's a stronger desire. Like if I desire something strong enough and long enough, then I will make it a discipline. I will turn it into a discipline. And part of this has to do with you having a vision for your life, right? So long-term vision for your life, who you're becoming in Christ will determine short-term action. And in the same way, short-term action can sabotage long-term vision of who you want to be. Like it's a trade-off. It's one or the other. And so if you have this long-term vision, so if I'm saying, hey, I'm going to run a hundred mile race at the end of the year, guess what? I am working today. I am with, I, I'm not eating certain things. I'm training my body a certain way. I'm incorporating this into my everyday life. It becomes a discipline because I have this desire to achieve this long-term goal, this long-term target. And you must too. So it, Number one, duty. Number two, desire. Number three, discipline. And then that is going to turn into number four, delight. Like over time, God opens up the door to delight in him. He does it. I can't fake this and I can't manufacture this on my own. It comes from the Holy Spirit's working in me. Like, I must remain in the stage of discipline. So number three, pleading on his mercy until he gives me a delight that transcends my willpower. Like this is when it becomes a habit. Okay. This is when, this is when it becomes a habit. So you are so delighting in him that you can't go without it. You, you wouldn't imagine, like, why would I go on vacation and not spend time, the sweetest time in the morning with Christ? Like, why would I ever do that? Why would I, why would I wake up on Sunday morning and just act like I don't need to spend time alone with him? Like, it moves to a point where you can't live without it. This is delighting. And the way I was thinking about this was, like, just imagine Jesus uh, gave this illustration when he said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he went and sold everything he had and bought that field. And I started thinking about like prayer is a lot like that. 
And just imagine that you, but this is the difference. You own the field. So just imagine a wheat field or whatever you want to call it. And I'm just imagining there's this tree and there's this treasure buried at the foot of the tree. And you, as a believer, have the opportunity to dig just a little bit deeper every single day and take this treasure out of this treasure chest, this gold, like gold and silver and stones that are precious. You take them out, you hold them, you go and sell them and provide for your family, your friends, everybody that you know. But instead of doing that, instead of doing that, let's say you sit under that tree, there's treasure buried right below you, like a foot beneath the surface. And instead of digging up the treasure every day, you go out and you work in the field and you work in the field and you work in the field and you go home tired and disheveled and you're angry and you're upset and your family's going, you know, God, you know, dad, what did you bring us? What did you bring us? And you're like, I didn't bring anything. I didn't make anything today. The harvest wasn't in. I worked in the field all day. I don't really have anything to show for it. And yet treasure is right there in your field, buried right below you. And so prayer is coming out in the morning and it's digging up these treasures, like treasures in the word of God. And then prayer like unlocks the key to the treasure and you start seeing God's word for more for what it truly is. It, it moves from a daily discipline of digging to a daily enjoyment of delighting in him. And this leads to the fifth step. Like habit is not enough. Like habit is okay. Habit is good. I'm not saying habit's not good. Habit is good. Like it is my habit, but what it needs to become brother is daily addiction. That's step five. So it goes, goes from duty to desire, to discipline, to delight, to daily addiction. Like daily addiction. Think about it. Addictions take time to develop. Pornography and masturbation took you years to develop a true addiction to it. Pornography, masturbation, alcohol, cocaine, whatever. They don't take shape day one. It takes dedication to reach the level of addict. And prayer is the same, but with a different outcome. Instead of trapping you in a pit of porn, a pit of shame and guilt, it moves mountains and changes hearts and minds for all eternity. He will give you greater joy in him than any fleeting, any fleeting pleasure that the world has to offer. I read this quote this morning, and I, I was reading a book, and I want to read it to you, so I'm going to have to pull this up real quick. I didn't plan on uh, quoting this, but I thought it'd be definitely be worth it. 
This is what Spurgeon says. He says, turn away with bitter scorn from the earth's beehive where you have found no honey, but instead you have found many sharp stings. Instead, rejoice in him whose faithful word is sweeter than honey or the honeycomb. Like, what I'm telling you, brother, is there is a sweet, sweet delight, an addiction that is so good that you have access to, that you have access to. It, it is birthed, of, birthed fully from who you are as a child of God, like your identity in Christ. And so understand that. That's where it comes from. Once you see that it's your duty, pray for the desire. Pray for the desire. Not one minute, not two minutes, not three minutes. I would, I would encourage you to write these prayers out, like write them out. Dear God, write it out. Dear God, write it out. Dear God, write it out. And see if it doesn't turn into discipline and delight. And then finally, a daily addiction. Brothers, I am praying for you. I'm praying for God's grace in your life. I pray that, Lord, uh, even now as the men who are listening to this, God, I just pray that you would move in their hearts, God, to desire you more, like, like in, and seek and ask and knock. God, you are the best father. And if we come asking and knocking and seeking, Lord, you will give us what we ask for. So, Lord, give us greater delight in you. Give us greater joy in you than we have in the fleeting pleasure of pornography and masturbation. God, Lord, teach us to capture every thought by the truth of your word and make it submit. Submit to you, Father. I pray. God, we have the mind of Christ through the spirit of Christ. And so, Spirit, I pray that you would move in our hearts, move in our minds, like lead us into the word, into truth. And may we humble ourselves there. And then may we pray and pray and pray and watch for you to answer. God, you are good. You will do it. I know you will. Pray for all the men that are listening to this right now. In Christ's name, amen. All right, brothers, I'll be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel.